With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is former New York State Democratic Chairman John Sullivan, and and John is here to talk about Chris Cuomo. Whenever I think of Chris Cuomo or see Chris Cuomo, I think about the conversation that you and I have had about him, that Mario Cuomo was very fond of Chris. And yeah. you know, I, I often think, oh, if if Mario was alive today, I think uh, he would be devastated over what's going on. What do you think? I think he would have suggested to Andrew that Andrew stay completely clear of any involvement uh, or, or of getting Chris involved in any way. I think uh, I think he would have been protective of Christopher, knowing that the natural inclination is for a brother to help a brother. And I, right. I do think that uh, Mario, I don't know, maybe not, but I think he would have said, Andrew, you got to face the music. You got to solve this problem yourself. Leave Christopher out of it. You know, but I think Chris is kind of like the type of a person that would go out of his way to help people. You know, that's the impression I get. As, you know, I hear him interact with his guests, but then I see Mm -hmm. on the, uh, in the newspapers, primarily the New York Post, that Chris can be quite a hothead also. You know, I don't know Chris. I've never met him. I really can't say. Uh, but, uh, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, is it's all part of the same um, gene mix. So you're going to have right. bits and pieces of uh, your parent no matter how you slice it. Huh. So when you first heard that Christopher Cuomo was um, – Suspended from CNN. What was your reaction? Um, well, I thought there's got to be a reason for it, and as it turns out, there is, uh, because he was complicit in not only helping his brother but in advising some of his brother's aides and so forth. He was apparently more involved in it than uh, was originally thought. But I think that CNN set its own trap for itself by allowing the banter sessions between Andrew and um, Christopher that ordinarily would not be um, considered the judicially ethical way to present the news, but they, they took a kind of a detour from the main journalism road there, I think for ratings purposes. And as a result, what happened is it came back to bite them. You know, you, I got, it boils down to this, Cynthia. You you either make the news, or uh, you either are the news, or you report the news. 
You really ought right. not to do both. However, CNN, I think to its credit, is hoeing the towing the line here a little bit more than its competitor news outlets. For example, MSNBC has Reverend Al Sharpton on a regular program. He was on right. uh, reporting on himself being a witness in the murder trial in Georgia. That's totally inappropriate. Right. You know, you, you, you either are the news or you report the news. So MSNBC is violating journalistic ethical standards. And clearly, news with Hannity and the collusion with Trump and Trump's minions and the you know, making sure they're all on the same page and who, who is really creating news or who is news, that is, I think, an ethical swamp. So for CNN to say, okay, look, um, you crossed the line here and we're not going to permit that, and so we're going to exact a penalty, that's understandable. Whether it should be the death penalty is a whole other thing. I don't think so. But uh, they're, they're reacting more so than the other networks in an ethical fashion. And for that, I think they should be applauded. Okay. So what happened to Chris Cuomo? Do you think the same thing should happen to Al Sharpton and the reporters on Fox News? Yeah, I, I mean, if you again, can have, if you can have one standard, you have to apply it to everybody, right? Well, that's if you asked a journalistic ethics professor that question, I think that's the answer you would get. Are these other networks adhering to good journalistic ethical precepts? No, they're not. Um, I, I think. The need for objectivity in news reporting, if that's what you're doing, if you're, if you're uh-huh. reporting to be a news conveyor, a news you know, per, uh, reporting of the news as opposed to making the news, then you have to maintain your objectivity. And the only way you maintain your objectivity is don't get in the story. You know, it's hard when you have a brother, an uncle, or whatever. I mean, look at Imagine John and Bobby Kennedy. Uh, of course, they weren't in the news business. They were in government together. But right. who knows what lines were crossed there? Blood is thicker than water. And familial relationships are familial relationships. And that's, a, that's always going to be the case. So I, for one, I think the onus uh, was on Andrew to draw a line and say, Christopher, and to his staff, too, say, do not call my brother. Do not get him involved in this. Obviously, Andrew did not do that. If anything, he enlisted him, and that, I think, was a mistake. I got to admit, watching the two brothers on, on CNN were quite hilarious, actually, until, mm-hmm. you know, until Chris Cuomo got some feet, you know, some pushback from it and then he didn't have his brother on anymore but they mm-hmm. were a quite unique funny yeah. comedy and the ratings, well, the, ratings the ratings showed it so basically cnn was willing to compromise its ethics 
to up the ratings until it got a little dicey, and then they backed off. Right. So um, overall, I mean, if, if like I just said, if Cuomo is he- held to one standard, why isn't there an outcry over what the people at at MSNBC does and and Fox does? Why do you think well, there's well, different standards well, for different stations? The problem is, Cynthia, we don't have any uh, uh, network police, you know, for the, for the police to tell the networks when they are crossing the line. They are self-policing, and as such, they are as trustworthy as they uh, are untrustworthy. They are only as trustworthy as they are not untrustworthy. Let me put it that way. So there's no objective standard, and that's a problem. That's the, the fact that what used to be in, used to be in politics, objective standards, a set of facts uh, that we would rely on, and then we would debate the issues. Who was it who said, uh, sir, you're entitled to uh, uh, your own set of facts, but I forget what it, I'm goofing it up. You're entitled to the facts, but that's your own set of facts. John? Something like that. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Are I, you there? You know what I'm you're, trying to say. Yes. Can you hear me? So, yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay. Pat Moynihan said, you're entitled to your own interpretation, but not your own set of facts, something like that. Mm-hmm. And And today we have alternative facts, alternative realities, and we have a deep, deep dive into the political um, imbroglio by one network in particular, and that I would say is Fox News. CNN, to its credit, has been perhaps the most independent. MSNBC, as I said, just giving Al Sharpton as an example, is, is playing a little bit fire there. But the other thing is, identifying what is commentary and what is news. You know, you've got a a little wider berth when you are clearly giving your opinion, giving commentary, but not when you are reporting the news. And it sometimes gets lost, whether is this a news program? Is this commentary? What is this? But, you know, I think... I think editorializing the, the what's going on has been the norm for quite some time, and well, people in, who are in, in people who are media. people who are inclined to think one way watch a certain station, and people who are inclined to think another way listen to the other station. So there's no hard news. There's only editorial um, commentary made on TV today, and I don't think that's right. You know, I, I liked a lot of uh, Chris's Chris's um, shows and the people he had on it, and I particularly liked the. The young lady from, um, I believe it's Ohio, 
who's suffering from cancer, who comes on his show a, a few times. But I think the news uh, as a whole is way out of proportion. What do you think? Well, let's take print journalism first. There, there is an editorial page for a reason. You can read the news on the front page, and that news is supposed to be an objective account of the facts as the newspaper can portray them. Now, if you want, how do I look at these facts? How do I interpret these facts? What do these facts mean? You turn to page six, to the opinion page, and you read the editorial. Okay. You know, that's a um, clear distinction is really no longer present in these cable news outlets. That clear distinction is almost not present in some of the print media outlets, particularly those owned by Rupert Murdoch. You know, you've got the New York Post and even the uh, Wall Street Journal, where uh, editorialism seeps into the news coverage to a marked degree. And um, how do we police that? How do we, you know, say that this is where you draw the line? I just think you have to be alert, uh, inquisitive, not accept everything. But on the whole, you know, uh, balance the facts and then come up with your own um, opinion based upon what you understand a set of facts is. I have a brother-in-law who's very, very much a supporter of our former president. And I got in a big discussion with him one time, and I said, but I won't say his name. But anyway, listen, you know, what about the facts? And he said, I don't give a rat's patoot about the facts. I said, well, if that's the case, what am I doing talking with you then? If the facts don't matter, we're not going to go anywhere. Facts do matter. And how they're presented does matter. And are they presented credibly? And the person who's presenting it, are they free of a specific bias? Are they glossing over something? Or are they puffing up something? What are their relationships to the news people they are, uh, to the news makers they are reporting on? All of those, you know, go into the, uh, into the mix. Let me ask you this. Had Chris Cuomo not been on CNN, Maybe, just hypothetically, what if he was on Fox or MSNBC? What transpired, do you think, that those two um, TV stations would have just let this slide by? I, I don't know for sure, but I think the ethical kaleidoscope that they are viewing uh, their on-air presenters through is quite different and markedly different when it comes to Fox News to wit Hannity okay so what you're saying is uh, if Chris was on uh, Fox News then he would have gotten he probably would have been he, he probably would have gotten a longer rope anyway but ethically I'm is he entitled to a pass no he's not and he knows that. But, you know, uh, Andrew is his brother. And uh, he ain't heavy. He's my brother, you know. You, you, right. What are you going to do? 
turn down your brother if he asks you for help? I think the mistake was in Andrew and his uh, staff reaching out to Christopher and involving him. They might better have drawn the line and said, no, he's a news commentator. We're going to stay. We're going to solve our own problems. Stay away from him. Don't use him to help solve our problems. That was wrong. And I will add, if apparently Christopher lied about it, his initial statement, I guess, was kind of poo-pooing it, and then uh, he said that he didn't uh, contact any of Andrew's staff, I believe. Well, he did, or the staff contacted him. So if he was making a material misstatement of fact when he first apologized for it, well, then he needs to come clean. You know, I, I've said before, Cynthia, and I'll say it again, that there's, I believe in redemption, but the, there's a path to redemption. And that path to redemption goes first through the crucible of admission, of admitting of guilt. Um, you can't get to um, redemption without contrition. And in Andrew's case, there is no contrition. At least in uh, um, Christopher's case, there was some contrition to violating ethical standards. Maybe not enough. So you don't think Andrew Cuomo is contrite enough? Have I don't think he's contrite known? at all. I don't, I so don't think he's contrite. Ever, have you ever known him to be contrite? No. No. Oh. It doesn't surprise me. You know, and that that obviously is one of his great failings. You know, when you can when you can say like John F. Kennedy did, the Bay of Pigs was a disaster. It's on my watch. I take full responsibility. I was mm-hmm. wrong. I made a mistake. Uh, you know, you once you can admit error, admit <laughs> mistakes, then you can improve and correct them. But you can't correct them. You can't expect people to believe you and give you a second chance if you don't address the issue. Wow. Okay. So, you know, in the long run. That's just my perspective, you know, for what it's worth. As I said, I'm not a a journalistic ethics professor, but I have been a news reporter. I was a a radio news person in my younger years, Mm -hmm. and I always strived to present the facts and present the truth. And I I think I've said this more than once. I think we started going to hell in a handbasket when the Fairness doctrine, doctrine was repealed by the uh, FEC during the Reagan years. It used to be you had to present two sides of an issue. You couldn't just harangue people on one side of an issue. When that went out the door, our political uh, dialogue and discourse started going downhill. It's been downhill ever since. You know, when uh, when this first happened, I thought, First, Andrew, now Chris, I felt as if there was kind of like a vendetta against the Cuomo's. What do you think? Uh, Self-inflicted. I don't think it was a vendetta. Uh, Honestly, I 
uh, I, I think that uh, I, I think it was self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. That's very interesting because as of as of yesterday on the news, they were reporting that Trump was tested positive for COVID and still went out into huge crowds and was not wearing a mask. And no. Trump, Trump is a consummate prevaricator. He's a liar. He, he wouldn't know the truth if it jumped up and bit him in the backside. And that's, but that's not the case with Andrew. Andrew knows how to embellish a little bit, how to twist, how to pontificate, how to um, parry, if you will. He's, he's quite adept at political jockeying, but he's not a liar. And I don't believe Christopher is a liar either. Okay, but the thing of it is, the bottom line is ratings. Whatever Trump has done, he's on the news because people want to hear what he's saying, whether it's for, they're for or against them. Um, him, I mean, I'm sorry. So, well, he's so just, it's an enter- entertainment. Obvi- it's more, more entertainment okay. than information. So, obviously, Chris doesn't have the same... You know, I I can't think of a word where he's, there's an entertainment factor with him. You know, it was was okay for uh, CNN to just let him go. Well, I think that, uh, you know, for the most part, he's proven to be an ethical journalist, except you stick his brother in the room and you got an elephant in the room. You can't ignore it. And he can't really right. reliably and objectively report about his brother or report on his brother. So if his brother's in trouble, what's he supposed to do? Best thing to do would be stay the heck out of it. He didn't do that either. So that's why he got himself in trouble. I don't think it's a career-ending move. I think he is a talented journalist. And I think after a period of uh, slap his knuckles and maybe find him or whatever, that he's, he ought to be free to come back. But that's because he was contrite or needs yet to be more contrite. He can be redeemed. Andrew, no. In fact, Andrew would be doing Christopher a favor by simply staying out of politics for the next year and a half or two years. Because it would simply, by Andrew being in the mix, trying to uh, become elected and being in the news, it's only going to put more pressure on uh, Christopher. So I think if Andrew were to do his brother a favor, he should stand down, stand aside. Uh, he may have already decided to do that. You know, what do you think of all the uh, candidates coming forward for governor? Wow, the field is getting pretty crowded. What do you think the result of a crowded field should be or would be or is likely to be? It, it, it's hard to say because I don't know if uh, James is, is in it for the right reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Williams has the, you know, the organization to become a front runner. Mm-hmm. I think the Blasio 
de Blasio, his day has come and gone. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty interesting. What do you think? Well, um, I was interested in Tom Swazi stepping forward because right. Swazi is, in a way, he's kind of the un-Cuomo Cuomo. <laughs> I like Tom uh, Swazi. I know him and uh, I respect him. And I just think he should stay in Congress. I think Kathy Hochul. Uh, has proven herself in a short time to be effective and to be up to the job. And um, the more people who are in the race, the more she is benefited by it. Because if you're the incumbent and you've got a million and one uh, people chipping away, they wind up chipping at each other and you get a bigger share of the pie. Now in New York, this is going to be in part regional, you know, there's the New York city vote, there's the, Long Island vote, there's the upstate vote, but um, I, I, my recommendation would be that Tish James stay, do her job as Attorney General. Jamani Williams, I don't know enough about him to say, but I don't think he has the bona fides to be governor. Bill de Blasio, I know Bill de Blasio, I like Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio in no way is qualified to be the governor of the state of New York, nor will he be because he doesn't have that kind of support or a record which ought to land him on the next, you know, uh, the next step up in politics. And, um, well, I'm guessing. Uh, Kathy Hochul, I think, uh, so far, so good. You know, there's been talk that Andrew Cuomo might decide to run for attorney general. And I think if that's the case, that that will be interesting because it'll um, put Pitt Cuomo against Sefford Teach out all over again. And do you think that's being done as a vendetta against Teach out at this point? I, I, I hesitate to use the term vendetta, which is usually considered to be an Italian uh, term. I I think Andrew would be making a mistake to go backwards and run for attorney general. He's trying to keep himself relevant, trying to find something to do. He might better just hunker down, perhaps be a commentator on some of these networks. He could do that. He could uh, give his two cents, like uh, former Republican National Chair Michael Steele does, or Chris Christie right. for that matter. But I think Andrew would be better off to let the dust settle, you know, give it a while, and then hope, for his sake, that the Democrats are still in power, then he might get an appointment, he might get an ambassadorship, he might get a, a, a judicial appointment. Who knows? His father uh, didn't get that. that. That would still be something. I mean, I think that the that would be harder today because of what he's been accused of. But by the same mm-hmm. token, he needs, he needs to kind of back off, back out, and he did. But he needs to uh, not it's too, be too soon for him to put his toes back in the water. He can also be a co-host with me and focus on Albany if he'd like. There you go. I think, you know, that's a great idea. <laughs> and he didn't so, live too far just, from you. He was a neighbor. Oh, no, <laughs> just around the corner. Right. Um, so, John, our time is up. You've been listening to John Sullivan former New York State Democratic Chairman.
I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, follow us on Facebook. Um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. John, as this election season progresses, I'd like to have you back on. Thank you, everybody. Well, thank, you. thank you, Cynthia. I always enjoy talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.